Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. My name is James Feller and with me today uh, and with you the rest of the week is Matt Fallais who will be reporting from this week's States meeting, uh, which Matt looks on paper to be a relatively quiet one. Is that fair? Well, certainly after the uh, most recent meetings, which have been dominated by the tax review, uh, I think this one doesn't have as many substantial items. But still uh, a reasonable amount of interest. I think it will probably go on for at least two days, possibly into a third. Uh, The most interesting items possibly will come towards the beginning when uh, there are statements from the presidents of policy and resources and economic development uh, and probably quite uh, substantial questions that will follow those statements. Um, But uh, yeah, I I, I think it will be uh, it will probably still be a fairly lengthy meeting. Mm, that unscripted element of the states meeting is generally one of the uh, one of the highlights nowadays on on the certainly on the more quiet meetings, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and it depends obviously which committee presidents are giving statements. But um, economic development presumably will face questions about the airport runway, where uh, they have again delayed the publication of their proposals. Although we now understand that four out of five members of the committee are opposed to extending the wrong way. So that is very likely going to be their recommendation when it's debated by the states in the autumn. Um, uh, PNR will, will presumably face questions about how it's going to react to the uh, states rejecting all five of the tax plans that were put before it and the uh, very significant hole in public finances that is now projected to leave. Okay. Uh, also, there's a question time, uh, Deputy Gollop, with a couple of questions for education uh, on a, a hot topic, which arguably is going nowhere. The uh, the, the matter of, of funding preschool education, because while everybody thinks it's a good idea, the states is going to go, there is no money for such a project. Yeah, I mean, and not unreasonably, actually, certainly PNR are now taking this position that since the states failed to agree any tax plan, uh, then the states can't commit to any uh, you know additional or new expenditure uh, but this is a, quite an interesting one education sport and culture have responded to some initial questions which we put in about the possibility of extending uh, preschool education and, and they have said there aren't any plans uh, you know there isn't any money available for expanding it for educational reasons uh, now that is a reasonable response but of course there is another element to preschool education or in another context childcare, uh, which is about freeing up people to get back into the workplace and potentially boosting the, the island's economy. So Deputy Gollop's questions I think are going to focus on that. You know, are, are several committees which have an interest both in education and employment and economic development going to work together to try and come up with a solution to provide more free places or, or free places for more hours per week and for uh, younger children than the current scheme provides. It strikes me it's one of those matters, if the states was ever brave about anything, this is the kind of project that they would go for. Instead, it's just going to be booted, you know, kicked into the long grass and, uh, oh, you know, we, we just can't afford it. It's too difficult to, to sort out. But clearly, you know, the cost of childcare and, and having to take uh, mums or dads out of the uh, out of the, the labour pool is, is a big issue in Gersley. <laughs> Yeah, it is. I always think that Guernsey, because we do, uh, our tax take as a percentage of our economy is is relatively low compared to, to most other places, including Jersey and the Isle of Man. And if you compare us with Jersey, quite often ministers in Jersey are able to announce quite eye-catching initiatives, which do cost money. 
uh, they sometimes are kind of feel-good initiatives, uh, and they do in some ways have a, quite a broader range of services than we have. Uh, but of course, that that's because they have a, a bigger tax take. And I think um, one of the consequences of the states chucking out all those tax plans and being inevitably over the next few years preoccupied with the deficit will mean that there is less money for uh, you know, public policy developments, which um, which you know are, are um, desirable to a, a big part of our population. So you know nobody likes the tax-paying element uh, of funding public services, but um, the less tax you take, the less flexibility you have to you know to develop your services in the way that other places are. Okay, let's move on to the uh, meat of the meeting. Uh, We've been following the antics of the um, Development and Planning Authority in recent weeks and their vice presidency route. They've just settled that and they're back in the uh, in the hot seat again talking about eyesores. Yeah, they are. So they've got these proposals for um, uh, in relation to derelict or unsightly properties, essentially uh, to give them powers to uh, try to require owners of derelict or unsightly properties to clear them up, a a clear-up law, I think we've referred to it in the press. Uh, It faces um, two amendments. One would, if it was approved, include states' properties in this law, which the Development and Planning Authority wants to exclude. And um, another amendment from Deputy Inder, which, if successful, would exclude residential properties from the new law, which, I mean, on the face of it, you would have to imagine cuts out a very large part of uh, the, the the new proposed powers. But uh, judging by the reaction to, to the story that we've published on our front page, has an awful lot of support because a lot of people feel that it is going a step too far to give the state's power to interfere in that way in private property. So I think the Development and Planning Authority, if it doesn't change the proposals itself and there is some talk of an amendment from the authority may very well uh, lose at least on on one of those amendments it faces there's definitely a sense with that proposal that it's one of those on first glimpse people go what's a good idea and then when they dive deeper into it then they start to realize that the, the problems that that come with that there's also a proposal to ban glyphosate weed killer uh, is, will that take up much time Uh, It might take up much time. It doesn't have much chance of success, I don't think. uh, A whole range of committees which were asked to comment on Deputy Delance Riquette have written saying that they oppose uh, his proposal. This is, of course, the second time, at least the second time that he has tried to do this. He he led a similar move in the previous states, which was unsuccessful. And I think he's really going to be up against it to get it through the states. In the end, probably pesticides containing glyphosate, which is quite a controversial substance, will be banned. Deputy Dalal does have this habit, in fairness to him, of coming up with these uh, what may appear uh, initially quite far-reaching environmental ideas and then a few years later, you know, society catches up um, and uh, he's proved right. But I I think he may find that he's uh, slightly ahead of his time again on this one. He's out of step and ahead of time, indeed. Um, uh, talking about um, being on the on the moment or of the moment, uh, the housing state's housing policy is going to come under the microscope with the uh, a pr- a proposal for a new strate- strategic housing indicator. This really, given the state's focus on housing this term, should be a massive deal, but it doesn't feel like that. What does the strategic housing indicator try to do? So the state's 
missed a previous target for uh, numbers of houses that needed to be uh, you know a- added into the market going back over a number of years uh, the the target has been missed now the states are being presented with a new uh, policy or target which essentially identifies there is a need for 1500 or about 1500 new units of accommodation between now and 2027 uh, if it sounds like an ambitious target then that's because it is. I mean, we're talking about uh, more than 300 new units every year. And the states haven't, in some years, haven't got anywhere near that kind of uh, house building programme. So this is to set a policy. Uh, I think there'll be some cynicism around this debate. The states sometimes love these debates. They spend, you know, a long time debating strategy. And then there isn't much delivery after the strategy has been approved. I think quite a lot of deputies, not to mention the public, will be cynical, or sceptical at least, that it's going to be possible to to build 1,500 new units of accommodation over the next four or five years. And by the way, that includes more than 700 new social housing units. That's a very significant house building programme in a relatively short period of time. Clearly, the analysis has shown that's what the island needs. But it's going to be an immense challenge, I think, for the states to, to cause that to happen. And, and this is another one of those kind of targets that's not really a target in that if the states doesn't succeed in, in uh, achieving it, there'll be no no price to pay. And undoubtedly, the community will, will fudge along and, and, and will will be very much as we are. I suppose what it does do is open up the opportunity for the states to use that uh, significant land bank that they've bought in recent uh, years, months to, uh, you know, to, to, to increase housing stock. But that doesn't seem to be coming on uh, online anytime particularly soon. No, I mean, Deputy Roffey, the president of Employment and Social Security, which is responsible for social housing, uh, it gets quite annoyed because w- states members suggest that that there's been a huge land bank purchased in recent years, and and he says, but it, it is isn't nearly enough land still to provide all of the identified need for additional social housing units. Uh, and even this week, he's been saying that he 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 wants to try to convince states members that there need to be a, a higher proportion of people in social rental properties and a big increase in the number of social rental properties. That will feature quite heavily, I should think, in, in this week's debate. I would be fascinated to have a, an island-wide referendum to say, where would you put 1,500 extra houses in Guernsey? Because that is uh, no mean jigsaw uh, to, uh, to put together. Uh, just finally on the agenda, we've got the annual report of Guernsey Post, uh, which obviously has been in the news this week with, uh, with the success of its voluntary redundancy scheme and uh, I guess you know, an intended uh, pretty rapid return to being in the black. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, Guernsey Post's management of, of the financial difficulties it faced uh, through no fault of its own um, has been quite impressive. However, we do know that there are a group of states members who are really quite deeply unimpressed with the performance and management at Guernsey Post. They've taken previous debates on, on the annual accounts uh, as an opportunity to uh, scrutinise and, and in some cases more than that, are quite strongly criticised the performance of Guernsey Post. Uh, and I would think that the, the the recent financial challenges the company has faced will mean that there will be uh, quite a, a substantial debate featuring quite a lot of criticism from those states members who, who have long-standing concerns. 
Um, but it won't come to anything, of course, because the accounts that are before the states finish the year ending 31st of March 2022. But it will still be an opportunity for, for states members to make the, the points they want to make. Indeed. So there we are. That's the lineup for the new look, new normal states with no uh, no added cash available. And uh, but we'll be back with the shorthand states every evening after uh, after the day uh, concludes. So uh, join us then. Bye for now. <laughs>